0: Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with a, another fine minicast. Joining me this week is the all-powerful, all-knowing Brian Kilby. How are you, Brian? Oh, hey. Sorry, I
1: didn't know you were talking
0: about. Ah, feigned humility. I love, huh. uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh my god, yes. Did you... What What is the term for someone in Mensa? Menzen. Menzen. Not a yeah. Mensian. it's Menzen.
1: Menzen, yeah. Menzen,
0: okay. That would be you.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, it's not like you know, like at least two. Per- well, no, exactly two percent of the population qualifies for that, so we should have about you know six million of them running around, but we don't because nobody gives a crap.
0: <laughs> now, now, come on! Uh, but bam, two percent. You're in the top two percent. Oh my god, I lucked out. Oh yeah, so sweet. Um, on the show this week, guys and girls. Is is a, a topic near and dear to my heart that actually hasn't crossed my mind in years because I haven't done it in years, and yet I did it this weekend, and that is a good old-fashioned toy hunt. Brian, Brian, have you ever in your life gone on a toy hunt?
1: <laughs> oh, yes. They're funnier now when I go because I'm married and typically because my wife and I work so many hours, if we're out and about, we're together so i have to drag her along and she hates it so uh, yeah.
0: you, oh so she does go every time
1: mm, most times yeah
0: like how does she pass the time
1: so don't tell her this but i try to plan the toy hunt around things that she would want to do sometimes she doesn't even know she's on a toy hunt really it's like, oh, let's just go to target okay hey well since we're here let's go to toys R Us, okay well okay so um well let's go to walmart you love walmart yeah you yeah, that's what you said you said you loved walmart let's go okay let's so i mean it's usually stuff like that oh let's go to that other walmart that's uh that's uh, a few miles down the road uh um, yeah so yeah that's that's what i have to do now
0: uh, so you uh, so well i think i'm on the other end where I'm once in a blue moon when i get to i get the urge and we'll get to we'll get to what puts us over the edge to actually go on a toy hunt in a minute but uh I do use it as a way to um, kind of cash in my my chips on the weekend where I get to go fly solo. Since we have a little kid, those are valuable chips. and So, yeah. so I'll spend those um, all on the toy hunt. Um, but I haven't gone on a toy hunt in years just because it's so easy to get Transformers these days online by the case, literally. Um, I'm sure that's put like a heavy damper on your toy hunts. Just oh. philosophically, right? Oh
1: yeah, uh, pre-ordering has mostly killed my toy hunts. Now I only do it when, like, something shows up unexpectedly.
0: Speaking of, um, I went on a toy hunt this weekend to try to find the mighty Devastator. And I'll tell you what prompted me to go on a, a pretty unexpected toy hunt was just the, kind of the thrill and so su- and the internet waving a carrot in front of me. I didn't think I was going to want Devastator, specifically the Hasbro Devastator, actually, to be honest with you, enough to go on an active toy hunt, but I read on one of the boards on the 4th of July that he was spotted in a town probably an hour away, hour and a half away, and that was enough to get my blood going. I went on, I went on a hunt uh, that afternoon or that evening and I was that guy that walked into Toys R Us like ten minutes before it closed um, to look for Transformers. And I came away. I came away fruitless, unfortunately. But it did stoke the fires one more time.
1: How many stores did uh, Toys R Us's, did you head up?
0: So I I'm lucky to live in a metropolis that has a lot of retail, probably an excessive excessive amount, a obscene amount of retail. And so I went to. Let me think. One, two. I went to at least three, I think it was four Toys R Us's that night, and then I hit two more the next day and I then I tapped out for now on the Devastator Toy Hunt. So, over the course of less than 24 hours, I went to six, I think, Toys R Us's?
1: Yeah. Um, so, like, the nearest Toys R Us for me is an hour away. And the nearest Toys R Us from that one is... Uh, an hour and 30 minutes, I guess. Uh, to Like an, an hour and 15 minutes to the, the east, there's a Toys R Us, and then the nearest one to that one is like 20 or 25 minutes. Um, I went to the one nearest to me, and uh, that was it. So if one if one trip to Toys R Us constitutes a toy hunt, I did that this weekend so that I could find Devastator. Uh, but I was fruitless. Uh, they didn't have a spot for it um, or anything. So...
0: Not even like a, a price tag?
1: Nope, nothing.
0: Yeah, one of, one of the ones, actually it was the first one, the second one. Second Toys RS I went to, and this did not help. This, is not, this didn't exactly slow me down. I went to the second Toys RS, and there was a price tag for it. And I asked the guy who was uh, restocking in the same aisle, hey, if something's not on the shelf but you have a price tag for it, is there a chance you may have some in the back? And he said, "No, nah, well, probably not, but show me the price tag. And I showed him the price tag and he immediately like laughed and said, no, we had those on the shelf this morning, but they were gone. I wanted one too. Yeah. So sad trombone. Uh, We both walked away sad that night, sad and lonely.
1: Like the last time that I did a major toy hunt um, was for MP10. Uh, I had absolutely no luck finding that until um, I actually got one. Uh, thanks to uh, Don. Don was able to uh, snag me one. And then after that, I saw saw them everywhere. Uh, but I hit up every single Toys R Us I could find. And I would go and I would ask questions. And, you know, uh, you've, you've worked for a retail company, and I I still do. So we're pretty savvy to the way that certain things work. But, like, fans who, like, go on frequent toy hunts have it down to a science. And it scares me.
0: <laughs> yeah, the ones that are like down for it on any given day. Those yeah. are the ones that scare you.
1: Yeah, it's like, uh, like, uh, can you check? Well, I don't know if I can check. Well, log into your uh, POS, go to screen 3.4, <laughs> and then do a district check. And if that doesn't work, uh, I'll call your customer service number to see if the market n- market over <laughs> has any in stock. So, yeah, I mean, people like that really scare me.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I am not one of those guys. Uh, but also, I will say, like... I think it was the next day. So that following day, day two of the devastator uh, hunt, I was at a toys R Us when it opened, and I haven't been in that situation in forever. and there were at least uh, there were two toy collectors at the door standing at the door before they opened, and there was yeah. one one in his car. and I forgot about that world completely. i I have forgotten about that world, but you're right, man, i, I, I it must have been it must have been one of the days that they stalk whatever those guys are after. But they were there when it opened.
1: Yeah, I mean, at one point, I I knew what day that my local Toys R Us got their trucks, uh, and not not as in like the toy trucks when the truck actually came with that certain product. And you know, I mentioned Don. Don know Don knows uh, when his local Toys R Us gets gets their stuff in, and that's that's one thing I really love about Don. Don has not uh, Don has not given up that toy hunter, toy nerd uh, lifestyle that you and I have mostly given up on thanks to uh, pre-orders and stuff like that. Uh, it's really impressive, and I'm honestly kind of jealous.
0: I'm, I'm jealous that he still has like the passion to go after stuff like that.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what I'm jealous of. is It's the passion. The internet has made it so easy for me. Uh, I think the fact that Don is a little older um, and when he sort of hit his... Uh, what's the way to put it? When he Finally, found his rut. The internet hadn't uh, embedded itself into our lives <laughs> like it has now. So, not that he doesn't use the internet, but he is, uh, you know, he's a uh, uh, road atlas kind of guy. You know, he doesn't need the internet. The internet's great, but it's not necessarily, you know, uh, a critical part of his life like it is for me.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, uh, salute to Don. Yeah, Don is awesome. He is awesome. Um, you know, going back to like the the passion, that's definitely one of the things that I miss. And yeah, the passion goes away for several reasons. One is like your life becomes more adulty. You know what I mean? You you get you, you family obligation, mortgage, all the good stuff. But um, but yeah, I think more than anything, I do blame the internet. Kind of like how you're hinting. Like I, I do blame uh, in a way, big bad Toy Store. Now. The positives far outweigh the negatives. Like you know, I love Big Bad oh, yeah. Toy Store. I love all those guys. They're great. They do they do great things for us. But the one downside is um, you don't have the sense of discovery anymore. You're just waiting to hit ship. And I, I really miss I miss going back to the days of ATT and maybe the earlier the early days of the the big sites. I miss going and seeing new sightings that were just close enough to me to excite me and get me going again. I, I And I miss the sense of discovery when you did literally discover stuff in your store, which almost never happens now.
1: Yeah. I mean, like one of the cool things back in the day when the Internet was smaller, uh, it was not uncommon to be the first person on the Internet to have something. I mean, rarely does that happen me anymore it happens to you when it comes to fun pub stuff um and me that one time a, a couple years ago with um, <laughs> Ultra Mammoth. uh but for the most part um for the most part it just uh it doesn't happen and you know what's coming out back then it was like you know you you would really have no idea and i, I didn't i didn't join the internet fandom until uh about 98 so i can't imagine what it was like going to um the store and finding uh, – going to KB and finding Machine Wars or something like that. Uh, that <clears throat> had to be pretty wild. Or, or finding Beast Wars for the first time before you knew if – you, if you didn't know that there, a series was coming. Um, man, ha- not having information at your fingertips, like on demand, that's just so foreign to me.
0: Yeah, and it's scary in a way. To some people, that that the prospects of that would be just really kind of scary and uncertain. Yeah, I don't know that I could do it again. I don't know if I could do it like wholesale again. Like, like I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could find enjoyment or could readjust to the the idea of not being aware of an enti- an entire like line or theme for an entire year. But I, I could definitely dig. I would really dig like a stealth release here and there. Like maybe just one or two a, a whole year. Maybe even one over the course of like two years. Like, like can you imagine if Hasbro slipped in without telling anybody? If it I mean, was even possible to slip in, like, a stealth Combiner Wars release?
1: I don't think you can because, like, now the supply chain, um, people, you know, take something off the uh, the assembly, oh, sure. assembly line. And it shows up on eBay. Then, you know, somebody buys it and <laughs> there's a YouTube review of it uh, before the thing's even announced. I mean, crazy crap like that happens. So... Yeah, I think those I think those days are long gone. It would be so amazing, uh, but uh, I mean, they would have to do something like it would have to be like direct to direct a customer, mm-hmm. like through Hasbro Toy Shop, and then they would have to be like super super protect- protective uh, to make sure that something doesn't get stolen. Uh, that would just be so hard.
0: The best they could do is probably try to recreate a BotCon moment on their on their website and try to time it fairly close within like a matter of months. You mean like HasbroPulse.com? Perhaps perhaps, sir. Um, we can only hope. But um, but yeah, I mean I guess you could like recreate a Bachan moment by maybe, I don't know, just throwing up kind of out of the blue skylinks on your site and just have him like ready for pre order and all that. But like you said, you'd have to control the entire supply chain yourself, so you really couldn't he would debut maybe on Hasbro Toy Shop and um, have an exclusive window or something like that. but uh, but yeah, no, they couldn't. well, I mean, going back to kind of the, the sense of discovery and surprise, just the way it was when we were younger when you would get just tidbits of information in the form of like one color resin models, uh, test shots, not even a test shot, like a handmade resin model of an upcoming character. I remember the stuff coming out of Japan. For things like car robots and Beast Wars Second, Beast Wars Neo, and that stuff looked amazing when it was a a resin hand sculpted piece. But those little like crumbs that we got back in the day, those are what really kept me going, man. You know, and those would would really get me like frothing at the mouth for new stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think like you remember like Tomarts and Lee's toy uh, news mm-hmm. and reviews and like Toy Fair magazine. Uh, I mean, God, we're, we sound like old men, which we we are approaching that. Um, but like, especially Toy Fair had their top ten toys, uh, and it would be like these are the top ten hottest toys <clears throat> on the market today. Can you, you know, find them? So that would stuff like that would drive me to buy stuff, like, non-transformer stuff, Star Wars stuff, Marvel stuff uh whatever was on the market. I like I bought a ton of Powers of the Force thanks to uh <laughs> Toy Fair magazine. Mm. I actually found uh I think the first run of Marvel Legends, there was a, <clears throat> a yellow Daredevil. At the time it was going for like four hundred bucks. And um I found it. Uh I found it on the shelf and I didn't buy it because I didn't realize it was a variant because I didn't have ubiquitous internet. I didn't have internet on my phone where I could just look it up. I had to wait until the next issue of Toy Fair came out. And I'm like, oh, that was rare. I should have bought that. Some kid probably got it and it's probably sitting like in the bottom of a Goodwill bin now.
0: You know, that's another thing that um, we talked about in a previous podcast. Like, you know, the rarity of stuff is going to be a little bit harder to predict just because, man, everything is so so easy to get. Even stuff like stuff from the Tokyo Toy Show from this year, you know, that implies, oh, it's a Tokyo Toy Show exclusive. Like the really nice – uh, Combiner Wars Armada Megatron, which I, I actually quite enjoy. but So he's a he's an exclusive to the Tokyo Toy Show. That sounds like he's hard to get. He's everywhere. Yeah.
1: I've uh, actually got uh, – was it the Nemesis Prime or Black Convoy or whatever they call it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's sitting in my pile of loot right now. <laughs> just Black just, Convoy.
0: Yeah. Whenever you want, just snap your fingers. Yeah.
1: So actually I mentioned something that I hadn't thought about in a while. Uh, Goodwill. Um I don't know if you were like me but back when I first got on the internet and found out that you know hey, there are other people that collect transformers like I my mind always raced like oh where can I find toys so I would I would hit up things like um antiques antique stores antique shops uh, but Goodwill was one of the places that I would always go, and I remember like the excitement of uh, going to Goodwill to try to find you know rare and old toys, and a lot of people had a lot of luck with that. But I really think that I probably hit that hit that up a, a two or three years too late. I used to I used to go to yard sales, garage sales, mm. for Transformers and GI Joe, um, and I never really had a lot of luck. Um, but that was really that's toy hunting as well. Sure. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's just in a different lens than you know going to Walmart at two o'clock in the morning hoping that they just stocked so you can get that um, uh, wall wall rat the blue transmittal rat trap toy which I got like fifteen of and was able to trade for lots of awesome stuff by the way
0: <laughs> I think I remember that too. When that was your form of currency. It was like if this was prison, you had like boxes and boxes of cigarettes.
1: I think – yeah. I think I got – I think I traded Dave Edwards uh, Zob- or, aka Zobivore. Um, I think I got like a, a complete preceptor for like one of those wall rats, which <laughs> is kind of funny I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, going back to the uh, yard sale stuff, I think – I think that's one where probably uh, mid-90s maybe would be like the, really the last heyday of finding like truly great Transformer stuff at yard sales and thrift stores.
1: Yeah, but my friend, uh, my pal John Runsky, who uh, runs uh, uh, a booth at BotCon every year um, – he finds stuff all the time, still to this day. Like, do you remember, like back in the day on Altoids Transformers when he would post his uh, flea market finds? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. He
1: still does that.
0: Now he posts the photos
1: to Facebook, and I'm like, dude, how that's, do you do this?
0: That's weird. And, and he still finds the crap. Amazing. I would assume like he's he's got it down to a science, but just in general. You know, you would think that the world has just become a little bit more aware and a little bit more savvy when it comes to collectibles, and just kind of assuming that almost everything in this world I, has a collector.
1: I, I do want to point this out, and uh, going talking about like yard sales and flea markets, not the same thing. Again, but uh, our friend uh, M. Cipher uh, Greg Sepulak, uh in Raleigh, North Carolina, there was a flea market uh, still there, but uh, there was a guy that ran a toy shop in the flea market, and. Greg found in a box uh, that famously found that Minerva figure missing the, the helmet, but otherwise complete. And I think he made like five bucks for it. Unreal. Yeah. Like I went there not realizing it was the same one and uh, yeah, loads of uh, boxed G1 Transformers, Japanese G1 Transformers uh, craziness at a flea market. Just you don't expect that stuff.
0: How were they priced? Do you remember?
1: Uh, they were pri- they were priced competitively with the internet. Aha! Uh-huh. But not significant. Not like so much that I would you know buy there. I could still get it cheaper online. But it's one of those things. It's kind of like an impulse buy, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. At some point, this guy wised up. Yeah, it definitely.
1: You can't get a Minerva for five bucks.
0: To to bring it full circle, when it comes back to. The Devastator toy hunt. I think I've, I think I've tapped out. I'm, I'm afraid that um, that I, I went to a fervor for like 24 hours, but I think I think I'm going to kick my heels up and pre-order him through tfradio.net slash Amazon or just clicking that giant Devastator banner that you or, threw up or tf yeah exactly that
1: tfradio.net or you can go to tfradio.net slash Devastator.
0: Also, I'm not going to lie. Our friend Hooper X on uh, Twitter, longtime friend, I've known that man for I don't know twenty God. years. God, yeah. um, kill me now. Um, he and I were kind of trading back and forth tweets, and he's got a kiddo too and uh, and a Felton.
1: wife. Felton's adorable.
0: Yes, he is quite quite the young man. But uh, but just you know, we were just talking about just time. Just don't have time for uh, for a toy hunt. And actually, uh, Hooper had the opposite kind of view on it versus me. Uh, he said that he would definitely not go on a toy hunt for something that expensive and that, um, I guess, that, I don't know, big and huge and, and just kind of like massive. Uh, uh, that's the whole reason that I personally, I just went out on a limb and just, you know, took a crack at Devastator just because it, the idea is neat that after all these years you would go to a toy store and walk out with a Devastator gift set. I mean, really? That sounds, I don't know, just really cool to a to an old man, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty amazing. Other than I'm trying to think, Devastator box set. So the closest thing that I've ever gotten to a Devastator box set at a at a store was that 2004, um, uh, 2005 Black Friday, yellow uh, robots in the Skies Devastator set. Oh
0: man, the Walmart exclusive.
1: Yeah, I think that's the only that's the closest I've ever come to actually getting a Devastator. Like, and it is a Devastator. I think that's what they called it. Uh, I, or just sure. – yeah, I think – or it might have still been Landfill. I think
0: it may have still been Landfill.
1: OK. But well, I'm going to call it Devastator. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the closest I would ever come to getting a Devastator like as a as a box set, and it yeah. wasn't even Devastator.
0: That was such a – you know what? Uh, I guess to kind of wrap up the show, just a quick thought on that. That – in retrospect, that time in Transformer and just kind of – Transformer history and kind of just retail in general – what a weird kind of transitional time that was when it comes to like exclusives and toy hunts and and things just kind of being right on the verge of shifting into what we know today. What what a funky what a funky time. It
1: seemed like there were more toy, I mean store exclusives back then, but there were more places selling toys because we've lost KB. We've we've mostly lost Kmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, lots of companies have gone out of business. Uh and the internet now, I mean, there are exclusives, but oftentimes they're shared exclusives. Yes. So I mean like and most of the time the exclusives that like Walmart or Target would have aren't that great.
0: No, like reissue G1 stuff.
1: Or or just like another paint deco on a crappy uh, Age of Extinction toy or something that I wouldn't even buy to begin with.
0: Yeah, it's uh not very not very inspired, that's for sure. Um and even like say Machine Wars, which was a Retailer exclusive, right? That mm-hmm. was a KB exclusive. Thing. KB, yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, I guess the closest thing to that that we got was maybe Dark Energon with Big Bad Toy Store, and yeah. Hey, they're still they're still kind of chewing through that inventory. Yeah.
1: So. Well, actually, uh, real quick. Also, don't forget they. Uh, I'm not going to mention Battle Unicorn. I guess it just did, but they also did that um, Pronicon box set, which was pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah, the uh, in the um, uh, that that kind of like pseudo. Faux movie artwork kind of style box. The packaging was kind of like pseudo movie G one. It was it was kind it was, of kind of a weird mix. It was, a, it was
1: like a clear plastic shell.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And he came in um, uh, he came in Piranhacon mode. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, very interesting. Uh, you know, I, I give uh, I give a lot of credit and respect. To the retailers who are still willing to to do that, and um, I, kn- I know it's a big part of like Toys R Us's model is exclusivity because mm-hmm. that you know makes them different from Walmart and, and other people that can maybe beat them on price a little bit. But you know, um, it's not the cheapest in town. It's not really the point. But uh, but I do respect the attention that Toys R Us gives to Transformers over the last few years, especially.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um,
0: Before we go, just like we mentioned a few minutes ago, guys, this show, it's sponsored by you. That is if you go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link on the right side of the page, and do your shopping. Just regular. Don't have to buy anything extra. Don't have to do anything different. But when you check out, some nickels and dimes go into that man's pocket brian kilby right over there he's sitting over there in the corner
1: thanks to you listeners i don't have to choose between paying for the podcast or paying for my dog's diabetes medicine so thank you
0: oh my gosh well it got dark but also (laughs) also kind of hopeful i guess uh anyway tfradionet slash amazon we appreciate it and we wouldn't do this if you fine listeners didn't tune in every week so we appreciate you guys we love you guys until next time hey john I'm gonna Yo. break in before you do it. Oh please! We appreciate you. The
1: mini cast is amazing. Oh thanks, Brian. Yeah, it's 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 like my favorite podcast, and like almost like pretty much in general. And uh, it's it's fun, and I I'm, I'm glad you do it, and I really appreciate you uh, having me on. You're there's, awesome.
0: There's no way that is that is uh, not going to stay on the show. That is that is <laughs> that is, I may edit that and put that at the front of the show. We'll find out. We'll find out. Anyway, um, that's the man, Brian Kilby. He's the boss, El Jefe. And uh, I'm John DeLuna, the host of the minicast. We will see you guys next time. Music provided by bensound.com.